Good morning, church family. Great to be with you in the house of the Lord today. We have had an absolutely incredible weekend here. Services Friday night and Saturday night. And we've just been so honored to have evangelist Greg Hubbard with us this weekend. For those of you that have already been blessed this weekend by his ministry, would you let him know how much you appreciate that? Amen. So whether you're a guest with us or home folk, uh, I just want to let you know that uh, uh, it's not often that I give up the opportunity to preach. And it's, it's not because I'm stingy. Well, the jury's out on that. It might be slightly because of that. But primarily, it's because of how much we value this opportunity God's called us to feed his sheep, and so uh, any time that we, we give up this opportunity and invite someone else in, it's because we believe God has an assignment, and he has a word for the hour. And I got to hear that word once this morning already, and so I want to encourage you to get your heart ready to receive as evangelist Greg Hubbard comes this morning to bring the word of God. Let's make him welcome, and let's be expectant for the Lord today. Amen. on okay when the light's on we'll leave the, we'll leave the light on for you okay something like that sorry about that and uh, I'm technically challenged but I, I just turn on my iPad and I feel cool that's where I'm at but what a joy it's been being here for these days and and uh, and just you guys are a little, a little closer a little bit more chairs in the front I like that there's gonna be a danger for some spit flying I'm just telling you right now so I are you water baptized yet you'll get water baptized in this service uh, before next service I promise you but hey what a joy it's been being with you guys for the last few days and uh, I feel I wish we were just starting today it was going by so quick but what an honor I keep telling my wife man this church it's amazing what God's doing here the health that that we sense and see and just love your pastor and, and day, love their spirits, love their, their vision and their passion uh, and the way that they lead. Aren't you grateful for the great team God has sent this great church? Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. And uh, so it's been a joy, a joy to be with you guys for these days and, and uh, saturate. I, I love that. And Pastor mentioned in the earlier service how uh, when, you, when he says saturate, and we're not, I mean, the Lord takes him at his word. We've had like 50 inches of rain since Friday night here. It's been like I, I came to church in a canoe this morning. It was unbelievable. I bagged the van, whatever, came by canoe. But, but um, we're so glad that you're here. And, um, you know, you think of saturate, you think of so many things, his presence, his word, whatever. And I want to talk about what it means to be saturated with hope. And I believe it's impossible to be saturated with hope if you're not ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. And this morning, I'm going to dig a very narrow path this morning. And, and uh, you know, some nights you kind of dig a, a, a wide path with this, that, whatever. But this morning, I just felt so nudged by the Lord these days leading up to this. To talk about the rapture of the church. That event is going to happen very, very soon. As a matter of fact, it's the next event on God's calendar. I was upstairs changing between services and pastor's office. And, and, um, and he has a, a big map, or not a map, a calendar on his wall. It's a huge one. And there's lots of writing on that thing. I erase some things and move some things around just to keep it exciting here, whatever. Just rearrange some things, whatever. Make it fun, whatever. And um, But whatever. I, that would have been fun. I didn't do that, but I thought about it. But but um, on the calendar, there's all these things. There's a lot going on at Rightsville Assembly of God. If you ever thought serving God is boring, man, you haven't been around this place for long. There's stuff written in every single box on that calendar. And um, so there's the events. Uh, there's the prayers thing this Sunday, Thursday. There's the... Uh, next Sunday, New Life Sunday, if you're not water baptized, get water baptized. But the next event on God's calendar is the rapture. Jesus Christ coming back for his church. And I want to talk about that for a few moments. So I'm going to read from Matthew uh, 24, verse 42. Very simple this morning. Matthew 24, 42, what it says this. Uh, Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known what time of night the thief is coming, uh, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready for the, the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. 
Then over in 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, at verse 13, this is so uh, fundamental. Many of you have, have read this over and over for some. It may be the first time. But the Bible says that brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. So we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive or left to the coming of the Lord will surely not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with a trumpet call of God. I love that. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, this is you and I, if it happens, after that, we were still alive, and the left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And that phrase, caught up, is where, of course, we get the word rapture. You'll never find the word rapture anywhere in the Bible, but it's from that phrase there, something caught up together with the of the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And I love this. And so we'll be with the Lord forever, therefore encourage one another with these words. The Bible's crystal clear that Jesus is coming back again. Matter of fact, in the Old Testament, there are roughly 332 distinct prophecies that talk about the coming of Jesus the first time. And every single one of those prophecies was fulfilled. God never messes around when he gives a word. In the New Testament, for one out of every 30 verses in the New Testament, talks about the return of Jesus. In the Old Testament, there's some 1,000 references that speak about the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the idea is this. Uh, you know, sometimes God whispers something in his word, and sometimes God shouts something in his word. I remember as a little boy, uh, my mother, you actually know my mother. My last name is Hubbard. So you know my mother. Can I get a yes in the house? Uh, she was known uh, as Old Mother Hubbard. That was my mom. Uh, and I was in one church, and I mentioned that, and a woman came up at the church, and she rebuked me. I mean, she lit it. That's always an encouragement, getting rebuked, you know, whatever. And she said, you were disrespectful. Listen, my mother loved being called Old Mother Hubbard, so please don't rebuke me at the church for that, okay? So, but my mother, sometimes she'd say, Gregory, Gregory, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repeat myself, and she'd give me some instructions. And uh, she simply would want to, uh, you know, uh, totally punctuate and, uh, and, and just make it so clear what she said. She was very serious. So when the Bible talks about the return of Jesus, uh, the Lord's actually shouting, making it crystal clear. He said, don't play around with this. He said, don't blow this up. He said, I'm coming back for my people. Uh, now, when the Bible talks about this, uh, the coming of the Lord, uh, the rapture is referred to as the blessed hope. Because uh, it says over in 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, how God did appoint us for, to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus. So wrath's coming upon this world. But we've been saved and rescued by the blood of Jesus Christ. If you are a follower of Jesus, my friend, you are going to be spared from the wrath coming upon this world. Because we again have been rescued. How many are glad you're rescued this morning? That's salvation. That's knowing the Lord. And so it's simply spoken about as being the blessed hope. But when you think of the rapture, there's some simple thoughts I just want to focus. Nothing deep, nothing profound. Uh, but I just sense God wanting to give a wake-up call that we to live ready for any moment. The first thought is this. The rapture of the church, the coming of Jesus, it's going to be a very, very sudden event. Uh, we're not talking about like a three-day drama. We're talking in a flash. We're talking in the twinkling of an eye. Matter of fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and 51 says this. He says, listen, I tell you a mystery. We'll not all sleep, but we will be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised, imperishable. It says, and we will be changed. What does that mean? It means when you think of the rapture, the moment Christians are going to disappear off the face of the earth, my friend, you're either ready in that moment or you're not. 
Matter of fact, if you're not ready for the rapture right now, what would ever make you think you will be ready on the day he does come? Some folks think, well, Greg, you know, preach, swear, spit. I'll just have a sense. I'll, I'll wake up the day of the rapture and the birds will all be singing. He's coming soon, coming soon. He'll be here by noon. He's coming soon. That's not going to happen, church. Some think they'll walk out the day of the rapture and there'll be black letters up in the sky that says, I'm coming back at 3 p.m. It's not going to happen. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us he comes in an hour that we least expect. And the word goes to great lengths uh, to punctuate this fact that no one knows the day or the hour and it's going to be sudden. And uh, because in Matthew, in chapter 24, uh, he says over and over, we read it a moment ago, if the owner of the house knew at what time of night the thief is coming, would you have kept watch so your house wouldn't be broken into? Has anybody here ever had somebody break in their house? Can I see anybody? Anybody? I don't see a hand. That's wonderful. There was two of us in the first service. Uh, we had somebody break in our house years ago up in Massachusetts, whatever. And, um, and can you believe the audacity that never had the courtesy to ask us what would be a good time? We went shopping, we went back home, and uh, the door was broken. And uh, I, I remember we were in grocery, and the door was broken, and uh, I knew something was wrong. So I did at that moment what any man of God would do. I said, Robin, uh, there's a problem. Uh, you go in first, and I'll come in behind you. I said, Robin, in first, because you never know, they could still be in there. And so I, I thought, I'll, I'll be your prayer covering, but you go in first. You go and check it out. Yeah, girl, you're just kidding. Actually, I'm not kidding. But surprise. And so if I'd known they were coming, the house wouldn't be broken into. A lot of folks are messing around with the spiritual life and they're thankful, whatever. Listen, you must be ready every moment for the coming of Jesus. But there's a parable of the ten virgins. There were five wise and five foolish. Why were they called that? Because five were wise and five were foolish. The, the, back in those days when there was a wedding, the highlight of the wedding, uh, and this is what the parable is about, was when the bridegroom would surprise his bride. It was all about fun and just having a great time. And what would they do on the wedding week back in the day is they have a moment where the bridegroom would surprise the bride. And the surpriser, he'd often show up at her house at a very crazy hour, uh, like midnight, 3 in the morning, crazy. And, uh, but what they do, a little bit of grace, uh, and their custom, when the bridegroom was going to come and surprise his bride, he'd send a courier who'd run down the street, stand in front of the house, and yell, the bridegroom comes, the bridegroom comes, the bridegroom comes. That was a nice custom. It gave the bride uh, like 10 minutes uh, to wake up, throw in some mouthwash, uh, you know, put her teeth back in, put the wig on, uh, whatever she's got to do, whatever. And uh, it's okay to laugh a little bit, right? It's all right. And, uh, but no, really, a few moments to uh, put on some perfume, whatever, and get whatever. And so, but the rapture, there'll be no 10-minute warning. No one's running down Orange Street or, or Route 30 yelling. The bridegroom comes into the moment of the rapture. There's going to be surprise. And the five words, virgins that were wise, they kept their lamps burning. They stayed on fire. The five foolish that run out of oil. And there's numbers of people living that are in our churches who have simply run out of spiritual oil. They attend church. They're in church, but not in Christ. There's a big difference. And so this idea of the suddenness, it's going to happen in a flash. So I'm not asking you, I'm begging you. I'm not asking you, you know by now, I like the kid, but this is no, listen, Jesus is about to come back. And we must be ready at every single moment, church. And so not only is it going to be a sudden event, but it's going to be a very, very sobering event. And listen carefully. A second after the rapture, social media is going to explode. And reports are going to come in all over the face of the earth. The Christians have disappeared off the face of the earth. I, listen, I love young people. I hope the rapture happens during a school day. I'm not even kidding you. I really do. Wouldn't that be great? Lord, come back. But Saturday, Sunday, come on. Come on a Tuesday. How about a Wednesday? And how about during geometry class? Come on. Geometry is nothing but a work of the devil. Come on. And, uh, and whatever. Just can I, listen. I've never, the young people, hallelujah. It's three, three just got the baptism right then when I said that. Whatever. Listen. But listen. When the rapture comes, there's going to be people left behind. You talk about sobering. 
And imagine, Bible says, Luke 17, I tell you the truth, and on that night, two people be in one bed, uh, one taken, the other left. Uh, two women grinding grain together, one taken and one left. Listen, I know it makes for nice, whatever, uh, a funeral, whatever. Uh, I, well, listen, when we die, we're all going to go to heaven, we're all going to be together. There's one problem. It's not Bible. It's not true. Listen, uh, those that say, well, we're all God's children. We are not all God's children. We're all God's creation. To be a son or a daughter of the Lord, you must have a personal walk with Jesus and must walk with Christ and, and follow Jesus. But there's going to be a sobering event where there will be people in Wrightsville, listen, that will pound their kitchen tables and say, dear God, what in the world have I done? I have missed the return I've missed the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ. On a school day, a book bag will lay by a locker. A car will idle at a red light in a right seal. Uh, imagine whatever the rapture happens, whatever, no one knows the dead hour. But, but Luke 17, this idea uh, of one working, one sleeping, that to me speaks of the time zone to the world. Uh, tonight, right now in India, they're nine and a half hours ahead of us in. Uh, their day's coming to an end. Romania's seven hours in. And uh, so they're in their, like, evening service right now in Romania. And, uh, and some different, some are working, some sleeping. But Christ is going to intersect all the time zones. He's coming back for those who are ready. Those watch, he's not coming back for those that just have a good mommy and a good daddy. He's coming back for those that have their own personal walk with Christ. And it's going to be sobering again because for some people, and I get this because I'm not a church kid. I wish I grew up in church like you guys. I wish I didn't. My dad was a pro basketball player of many, many years. So sports was the God in our family. I am the short one in my family. Uh, except for my mother, I'd wake up in the morning, say, good morning, Mom. Walk off to my father, say, good morning, Dad. And uh, that's my dad. And uh, so basketball was our God. And I still love it, don't get me wrong. But Jesus changed my life. And, and there's a sense, however, that, you know, well, you know, whatever. Is it a big deal? Whatever. Listen, you don't want to miss the rapture. Because there's that sense of, it's like Star Wars. It's kind of like, like a fantasy or whatever. This is going to happen, church. Where people in your town are going to walk the streets of Wrightsville, Pennsylvania and say, what in the world has happened? When the crib is empty and the toys and the little teddy bears in that crib and that baby's gone. When that teenager that lives for Christ and serves Jesus, that they're gone. Their pencil is lying on their desk in geometry class. And you are now in the presence of Jesus forever and ever and ever. When the businessman, his briefcase and coat lay on a desk in a chair, and they were gone in the twinkling of an eye, and the buzz all over Wrightsville, Pennsylvania will be, can you believe that people have disappeared off the face of the earth? We see it sometimes that we're driving. It grips me every time I'm driving down the highway, and I get an amber alert. And, I, you know, we can look at those and get kind of cold to them. But that's often somebody's kid, somebody's son, somebody's daughter. And uh, you think and you pray, God, be, be careful, whatever. God, be watch, or, whether, or rather, be, be faithful. God, rescue, whatever. Listen, people are going to be found missing a second after the rapture. And there will be people simply left behind. And what's so sobering is this. You say, Greg, well, you know what? I preach sweats, but go to heaven. I don't really want you to go. Listen, that's on you. But you will then begin what's known as the seven-year tribulation. Life in Wrightsville is going to be different a second after the rapture. Folks that say, again, not you, but I've had folks with, with, with such sense of brashness and say, well, look, at I've got this. Actually, you don't. Seven years of, of pressure, persecution like the world's never known. And uh, there'll come a moment about halfway through that tribulation, where worship of God will be forbidden. There'll be many people deceived, but worship of God will be forbidden, temple destroyed. And then what will be instituted is what's known, and Daniel, as, and Revelation talks about this, as the mark of the beast. But what does that mean? It means that those that missed the rapture, how is this for sobering? Life's going to be different for people left behind. Because things are going to be different at Target, in Walmart, and at Rudders, at Sheets. I'm a Wawa guy myself, no offense. And uh, even at Starbucks, somebody say thank God for Starbucks right now. The best cup of coffee you can buy for $69.95 a cup. You cannot beat the prices of Starbucks. It's a gift. It's just a, such a good way to use our finances. And, and, uh, but imagine, 
You're going to buy nothing. Once the mark is instituted on your right hand or your forehead, you're not going to be able to buy anything without the mark of the beast. You're not going to buy a blizzard at Dairy Queen. How many could go for a blizzard like right now? I'm not even kidding you. I could seriously could go for one right. I'm not even kidding you right now. And, uh, but, but listen, careful. You're not going to buy a box of Kleenex. You're not going to fill your tank with gas unless you take the mark of the beast. Here's the problem. You take the mark of the beast, it's over for you. And I'm not saying this trying to be cocky or arrogant or like brash. I'm giving the truth of God's word. When somebody takes the mark of the beast, the Bible tells us they've sealed their future and now they're going to release the full measure of the wrath of God, his fury, his anger, and his wrath. And imagine when someone takes the mark of the beast, they can still join a choir, they can still attend church. But once a person takes the mark of the beast, it is over for them. There'll be no heaven, there'll be no hope, but you'll be saturated with despair and hopelessness and a sense of impending doom. How's that for good news on a Sunday morning in church? But Greg... Why, why, it's, uh, you don't have to go through this. You don't need to be here during that tribulation. Accept Christ now. Serve God now. And be ready for the coming of the Lord Jesus. And so imagine, and those that, 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 that take the, the, some say, well, if you take the mark and it seals your doom, then, then I just won't take it. Uh, well, you can say that, but, but the pressure is going to be immense. Remember during the COVID, the toilet paper ordeal? Man, I remember I walked in one time, Cheyenne, and I, I got a thing of uh, Ultra, uh, whatever it is, whatever we get, I forget what it is, whatever. And, uh, and a lady, like, led into me. She says, do you, need, do, you need, do you really need it? I'm thinking, well, as a matter of fact, we do need it. But I remember people freaking out in the stores and in the hoarding. Th some people are thinking, you don't need all that. Come on. But it got weird. If it was that nuts over toilet paper, imagine the, the, the sense of, of soberness and, and despair and panic. When people cannot buy anything unless they take the mark of the beast. You say, Greg, you know what? Listen, no, you're freaking me out. No, 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 no. This is all Bible. Jesus Christ is coming back again. And it's going to be such a soberness when people miss the rapture and say, dear God, what have I done? I've missed the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just will it be a sobering event, but for some people, for some people, it's going to be an absolutely shocking event. Say, Greg, well, listen, that's an overlap. Listen, sobering for those who are left behind that rejected Jesus. But it's going to be shocking because according to the Bible, there's some people who think they're going but they're not going. That's sobering to me. I hear that and it's like, man, I want to I want to make sure. You know what? I might and might right if I were to click over on one of my apps by United Airlines app and I eat all my trips, there's like a flurry of trips from now to December of, of overseas flights, whatever. And I check it over and over and over to make sure things are in place because I want to be sure that my flight is in place. Things can change, gates change, time changes, air travel, it's different these days. You want to be sure you're ready for your flight. Can I get a big yes? But the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter. 721, it says these words, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Those are the words of Jesus. But only those uh, who does the, the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did not we uh, prophesy in your name? Then we drive out demons in your name and perform miracles. And then I'll tell them plainly, look at, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. And someone can say right now, well, well Greg, what do you mean people that were involved in doing things? Listen, uh, there can be people uh, that, my friend, that God works through. It's one thing for God to work through you, but it's a dangerous thing for God to work through you, but no longer allowed to work in you. Because God will always honor his word. Uh, we often hear about people uh, whenever things happen and go, well, how can ever God use them whenever this or that? Listen, God honors his word above his name. So again, the danger for a person is when you let God work through you, but no longer in you. These are people that say, look at, we did this and, and we did that. Listen, there are numbers of people that are in churches that are doing, 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 but they're not following Jesus. There's no relationship. There's no commitment to Jesus. And the beauty of the gospel is a relationship through Jesus and the cross in his resurrection. And so imagine the shock. 
There's some folks who were left that go, what is happening? Or some that one day will stand before the Lord, even at the great white throne judgment, and they're going to be, what do you mean my name is in that book? And the books are open. But, and Jesus reminds them, it's in the books, it's written. I come after you. I pursued you. But you rejected me over and over and over. Listen, it's a big deal to follow Jesus. Don't be among the shocked. Don't be among those who base your salvation on pretense and upon what you do, but base your faith on what Jesus did on the cross some 2,000 years ago. <laughs> honey, am I, yelling, am I yelling too much this morning? A little bit. I'd ask Robin if she was here, but honey, you're on line. Am I yelling too much? Don't answer, don't answer, don't answer. There's going to be people according to God's word who are going to be absolutely shocked. Because they have a form of godliness, but they denied the power thereof. We were in meetings one time at another part of the country, and a, a person showed up that we went to school with years ago, and we'll call her for the fun of it. We'll call her, we'll call her Linda. We'll call her Linda. Her name is actually Linda, by the way. Her name is actually Linda. She came up to us, and we were so happy to see her. and had some small talk, whatever, and good to see you, good to see you. And then it, there's something different, something different in her countenance. Something was just different. Grew up in church, went to camps with Robin. What we love her then, we love her now. And, uh, and I, just, I just paused and I said, hey, you know, how's it going, you and Jesus? How's it going? And, and she just began, she just rose up. You could see it in her countenance. And first she actually said, don't go there. But she said, she said, I've made a deal with Jesus. I said, Really? I said, what's the deal? And, and uh, I thought maybe a joke, but there wasn't. No. She said, I told the Lord, I will serve you as long as I serve you on my terms. Please hear me very carefully this morning. Nobody in this room ever served God on their own terms. The one that says, well, Greg, you preach wet spit, I'll do it my way. I'll do it like Frank Sinatra saying, I did it my way. I wrote that song many years ago before I became a believer. I wrote that song for Frankie. I called him, I was close, so I called him Frankie. I called him Frank Meister, actually. But listen careful. Nobody serves the Lord according to their own plans and doing it their way. Jesus said, you're going to come after me. You must deny yourself and take up your cross and follow after me. Was it Spurgeon or Finney once said, the day is coming that people will talk about salvation without the need for repentance. We're there right now. There was, a, there was a time years ago, if you were to ask me about a worship leader uh, who was like one of your favorites in your travels, uh, there's an individual, a gentleman, I'm not going to give his name, obviously, and uh, the church, and such an anointing, such an anointing on this guy. Uh, he played for altars, and he flow, and, and worship, whatever, and uh, fast forward, left his wife, left his wife, living a life of, of, of sin and wickedness and far from God and married another man. He said, Greg, well, are you bashing people that are gay or homosexual? Are you kidding me? Listen, Jesus loves them and died for them, but Jesus wants to set them free and work miracles in their lives. This isn't about bashing people. We can have conviction and still walk with compassion. We're not to wag our finger and always be mad at people. Let's, let's love people, but that doesn't mean... That doesn't mean that we're wishy-washy. We can have conviction but walk with gentle love. And so, and, and so this individual, uh, all these things, and he told his wife after the divorce, he's leading church at worship in a church, a large church on the East Coast that believes that anything goes, your lifestyle, your sexual orientation, whatever. And he said these words. He said, if you come to my church, it will close your eyes. You'll feel like you're in any anointed pentacle of the church on the face of the earth. And you know what we might? But Satan is a deceiver. He's a liar and an imitator. And now the danger is that we think that somehow that we can take luxury with God's word and, and pull some things out and put some things in, whatever, uh, to address the culture. The Bible is the Bible this morning, church. And if you're in this room, and so, like, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to upset somebody, but I'm trying, I want to reason with you. You are not and I given the right to determine how we follow Christ. It's all in. It's surrender. It's I pray a prayer, yes, but I follow you, Jesus. Jesus, but there's going to be people that are going to be shocked. They're going to be shocked that I did this and I did that. I remember one church, I gave an altar call for salvation. 
And people are lined up a Sunday morning on one side or the other to receive Jesus. That never, ever gets old. Never gets old. And while I'm praying people at the altar, the team was praying beautifully like your team does. And there was a little bit of a, a conversation. A gentleman came up to the pastor and he was furious, this guy. Turns out he was a deacon in the church. And I, something was wrong. And it was, he, just, he was whispering, but some people whisper very loud. You ever, you ever be around, they whisper, but it's, it, you might as well just shout, okay, we all can hear you. He was furious. In their church, they had a beautiful, on the platform, a beautiful uh, water a baptism tank up here. And behind it was a beautiful stained glass window uh, with a Bible and the cross and a dove. And when they built the church and put the baptistry up there with a big window, they put, they put, they saw the light because there's a dove. Beyond, and the stained glass window, and there was a light switch, and the light would illuminate the dove. And I'm at the altar praying with people at the altar getting saved at that moment. This guy's freaking out. He says, Pastor, I am hot. I am, I am angry right now. He says, we paid good money for that tank. We paid good money for that baptistry. We paid good money for that stained glass. He said for the third Sunday in a row, he says, I am hot because somebody forgot to illuminate the dove. Somebody forgot to turn the switch on. Now, you're too nice, but I'm going to tell you how I feel about that. I don't think God gives a rip about anybody turning the light on. I really don't. I, it's nice. Yeah, turn the light on. It's nice. It illuminates. Oh, it's, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous, whatever. But maybe God does care about people at the altar, a crack addict getting set free, a man being, uh, having alcohol broken, so that a teenager accepting Jesus. But he was so furious, and so he had a position, but something had gone wrong, my friend. Uh, listen, I, I just feel an urgency. And again, I know it's uncomfortable. It's early morning, whatever, but urgency. Don't play with this, man. Make sure you're ready. Again, not about what you do, but what Jesus Christ did on that cross. So there could be people who are shocked. And he's going to say to some people, I, I don't, these were people who were active. They were faithful. They attended. They did things. But they did not walk with Jesus. And he's going to say to them, I don't even know who you are. You talk about shock. His brother keyboard comes. I did it two services in a row. I called you up first. I love it. I love it. I love it. If you were here Wednesday or Friday or Saturday, you don't know what I just did that. But you that were, you came, you know why I just did that. As he comes and plays, I love this guy. I love his spirit. I just love his heart, his beautiful soft playing, whatever. Are, are you still with me right now? Are we still together? Don't touch your car keys. If you touch your car keys, they'll explode in your hands right now all over this room. Do not go near your car keys. The rapture, simple. Nothing profound today. Jesus Christ is coming back again. There will be people, my friend, it's going to happen in the twinkling of an eye, a flash. One moment you're mowing your lawn or you're walking your pet llama. And the next second, you are in the presence of Jesus forever and ever and ever. Are you kidding me? One second, you're just whatever. Going to work, going to chemistry class. Doing whatever. Going to work, going to the, going to the she, get sheets and going to punch in that sub you want in the sheets little computer. You're like, you're, you're making a sandwich. I just like, I'm going to whatever, I'm going to whatever. And the next second, you are gone. And people left, dear God, what's happening? Let me tell you something. You missed the rapture? The Sunday after the rapture, this place will be packed. It'll be the Sunday after the rapture, you miss, don't miss the rapture, be ready, serve Christ. But if you, by your own choice, miss, you blow this off, that's just preacher talk, right? You can sweat, spit, talk fast, do your deal, whatever. I, I just, I'll live my life, that's, that's on you. But he loves you today. He's coming after you with his love. But he's coming. And there'll be real people. Real people. Remember during COVID how the world changed? All like, what? 
getting on a plane, you got this, you got that. People fearful. I got a one plane, the guy sat next to me, he had a, he had a, I'm not making fun of a mask, whatever I wore him, I did to hold it, but he had a mask and like a big, like a helmet, a shield. I sat right next to him, had my mask, but I, right before I got in the plane, I had a, a pack of crackers. I was, but I didn't have any water with me. I got in the phone and got in a coughing fit next to the guy with a mask and a, and a helmet on. He put and jumped out the airplane window. I was not only coughing, but I was laughing so hard, I, it made me cough even more. That guy was like peer, like just peeled next to the window, just watching me with his helmet, whatever. Remember how weird it got? Used to be, man, you could sneeze and just what, now you sneeze, what looks at you. You just, you just, you just give, you know, people, whoa, what? Want to freak someone out? Say, hey, how you feeling? Feeling great, doing, traffic, can't taste the smell of thing, but doing great, doing great. People just kind of, I'm not mocking COVID. My wife almost, I almost lost my wife during COVID. A take away from a ventilator. Listen, so I'm not making fun. Some of you have lost loved ones. But I'm saying, remember how the world got weird. It's nothing what we'll be like the day after the rapture comes. When people thought, dear God, what do I do? And then the shock of those that thought they were going, they put their faith in their church membership or their mommy was a prayer warrior, their daddy was a deacon, and they, they got dunked as a kid, but they never made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. And they miss the rapture of the church. I'm going to end with this, so we're going to be done. Pastor said the second service ends at 1.30, but I cannot go that long. I feel uncomfortable. I don't feel God's in that. I'm going to stop right here. He didn't, he didn't say that. For the believer, it's going to be the most satisfying event you've ever experienced in all your life. The hope of heaven. For it says it in 1 Thessalonians, in our scripture we read earlier, how the dead in Christ arise up first, and those still alive, that's you and I this morning, caught up to meet them in the clouds in the air. We'll meet together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Can I just say this? I'm closing simple. Listen, you talk about satisfying and full of joy. What a reunion that is going to be. Are you kidding me? How many have loved ones that are in heaven right now? Come on. How many have loved ones that are there right now? What a day that's going to be. What a day that's going to be. You're going to see them again. We're going to be together forever and ever and ever, church. I'm sentimental. I'm, I cry at Walmart openings. I'm very sentimental. I walk into Walmart and they say greetings. I just want to, I've gone up and I've hugged people. And I said, let's, my fact, one lady, I, give her, I said, can we vacation together? She looked and said, what, whatever. And what, so I'm, remember, how many remember Lassie growing up? You don't remember Lassie, you're too young. You remember Lassie? How many feel old? How many remember Lassie right now? If you remember Lassie, you better prepare, be preparing your funeral if you remember Lassie. Remember at the end of every Lassie episode, Lassie would lift up her paw. Remember that? Ma'am, you remember, ma'am, don't you? You're going, she's going, hallelujah, thank you. Remember, remember Timmy? Remember Timmy? Come on, Timmy. But with Lassie, the show, he'd lift up his paw. I'd be just a young boy sobbing watching Lassie. I was just a young boy, 19 years of age, sobbing as, as I watched Lassie say goodbye for another week. But I'll tell you, sentimental. We're going to be reunited with our loved ones. I mentioned that last night we had three kids in heaven, three babies, and I cannot wait to see them. Now, listen, I mean, I can't wait just to hold them and to, oh gosh, sometimes I just, it's, it's almost too much. My mother's there, old mother Hubbard's in heaven right now. My mother got saved. I'm going to see my mom again. She's been gone for about 10 years now. Just yesterday, I had a quick impulse to call my mom. How many have ever had that, to call a loved one? You ever have? She's gone. But one day, we'll be together forever and ever and ever. I love going to Romania. I'll leave on June 19th. Could be there for three weeks. But I hate leaving Romania. 
the kids in the orphanage, man, we go out to the car. We bring our teams. They hate leaving because the emotions, you get close to the young people there. And, uh, and the kids will come out to the, the, the gate, the fence, and they'll, they'll stand on the gate. Some are waving. Some are crying, whatever. Just, just all the emotions of things because we've gotten close all these years. It's absolutely brutal. be with Novi for all eternity. You saw her picture. I'll, I'll be with little Alicia that saw her mother murder a woman right in front of her little eyes. We'll spend eternity with Anka and Diana who were so abused by their parents when they got to the orphanage they didn't know if they were a boy or a girl. But we The joy of reunion, the joy of eternal blessings. It says in Revelation, I'm almost a, he'll wipe away every tear from their eyes. No weeping in heaven. No crying. There'll be no more death. No more mourning. No more crying. No more pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Corinthians 15, there's going to be new glorified bodies. You talk about a day. You are going to receive a glorified body that will last forever and ever and ever. How many would realize your body's wearing down? Can I get a big amen in the house? Come on. How many know? Listen, I'm getting changed between service. I've been kidding about your pastor being a mountain climber. I am now a mountain climber. Those stairs upstairs are a mountain. I'm telling you right now. Whoever built those stairs, they're a sick puppy. I'm telling you right now. Normally you walk upstairs and it's kind of a gentle whatever. But you walk up. I'm like, there's like ropes to pull up the stairs. And there's like, there's cleats you put on, whatever. It's like it's straight up. And my, my thighs are, my legs. I pulled a hamstring in service one, whatever. And uh, but but so but what I'm saying is this: glorified bodies, no more cancer, no more arthritis, no more diabetes. We'll be there forever and ever and ever, church. And because of that, John says on the Patmos, he says this: even so, come. Quickly, Lord Jesus. And I want to end with this. I've flown through this and whatever you've been. So listen careful. I'm going to end with one question and we're done. And the question is this. Are you ready for the rapture of the church? Let me ask you again. Are you ready? Are you ready? something inside you well up and say thanks be to God because of your mercy because of your grace because of what you did for me you paid a debt you paid a debt I could not pay you paid a debt you didn't know because of who you are in what you did I am ready that's why I told Thomas and the others I go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you, surely I will come again and take you to be with me forever and ever. Are you able to say today, come on, are you able to say today, Craig, I am ready for the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ. And if you're not, if you're not, I'm not asking you. Are you kidding me? I don't, people say, do you like travel? Just say, like I'm 64. I'm not asking, I don't travel. I will travel and I will plead with people. And I'm pleading with you today, if you're not ready for the coming of Jesus Christ, I'm officially begging you to make this the day you declare Jesus Christ as your Savior, your Lord, and your God. Repent of your sin and say, Lord, from today on, I'm going to follow after you. I'm going to follow after you. Let's stand all over the room. Come on, you've been so kind and so gracious. My gosh, I love this church. 
if you're ready for the rapture of the church. You don't need to raise your hand a, mo a moment from now, but I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes out of respect and reverence. It's not about being ashamed or embarrassed, but it's all about reverence. And I want to count to the number three. The moment I say three, why you count to three? Why do you do that? Because in every race, it's on your mark. It's get set, go. It's in the Olympics. It's 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 you know get ready. You know go and and every journey begins with a single step. And if you're not able to say, Greg, I'm following Jesus, I'm, I'm living for Christ, I'm following Jesus, I'm ready for the rapture. If you're not able to say that, man, today's your day to say, today I surrender. So I'm going to count the three, just one moment I say three. If you're not ready, but you want to be ready for the coming, the return of Jesus, when I say three, I want you to raise your hand as high as you can, as fast as you can. Any other raising of your hand, you're saying, Greg, I'm not walking out the way I came in today. I choose, I make my decision to be a follower of Jesus. Maybe you prayed a prayer years ago and you're in church and we're grateful you're here. But maybe you're in church, but you're not in Christ. You're far from God, running your own life in sin, whatever. Whoever you are, whether for the first time or say, Greg, I need to come back home. The moment I say three, if you're not ready for the rapture of the church, but say, today, I want to surrender to Jesus Christ. When I say three, you just lift a hand up where I could see it and put it down. And we're seconds away from closing in prayer. Here we go. Here we go. There's no decision greater than the one you're about to make right now. On the count of three. One. Come, Holy Spirit. Flow like a river all over this room. Pour your love on people right now, Lord. Two. Get real. Shake somebody. Rescue somebody. Rescue somebody. Three. Greg, it's me. It's me. It's me. God bless you and you and you. Lift it up high. And you 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 and you. If you didn't raise it a moment ago because you thought, Greg, what if I'm the only one in the room? Well, now you know you're not the only one. I'm not going to ask you to raise it now, but I'm going to ask you a favor. This is selfish on my part because I want to shake your hand at some point. And when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't die in a garage or somebody's shed. He died on a hill where the world could see him. On his shame, Jesus died to show the full expression of his love. There's something about a public uh, or, or a physical response to a spiritual decision. And I want to ask you, if not some of you, not a couple of you, but I want to ask for every single one of you that just raised your hand saying, Greg, I'm not right with God, but I want to be. I want to ask not half of you. I want to ask for every single one of you and also everyone that didn't raise their hand, but you wish you had. To quickly leave your seat right now and come stand right in front of me at this altar. I want you to begin to come. Now, as they come, let's start clapping all over this room right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. We're waiting for you. Come on. Somebody clap and shout. Let's give God praise. Come on, Miss Mark. Come on, you come. Make your way. Make your way. Make your way right now. The Lord is in this house. Come on. Anybody else? Anybody else? Just come in close. Right in the center. Come right over the center. Anybody else? Come on. They're still coming. Somebody give God an ovation. Come on. Clap your hands. All ye people, shout to God a voice of triumph. Thank you, Jesus. Now listen. You ever go fishing? Any fishermen? And you're about to end the day. Every fisherman, whether you're good or bad, knows this. You're going to leave, row to shore, boats. And you go, I'm leaving. I, gotta, I think I'll make one more cast. If you're anywhere in the room right now and you know you belong at this altar, I'm going to wait 10 seconds. 
no way am I getting in my car thinking, God, did I rush anything? Was there somebody? I'm gonna, and somebody might say, well, Greg, people aren't going to come up now. They'll be embarrassed. Are you kidding me? You come up in the next 10 seconds, and the roof will come off this place with praise and clapping. So I'm going to count down from 10. Jesus Christ is coming again. I'm begging you, don't play with your soul. 10 seconds, you come forward, and we'll clap as you come in Jesus' name. 10, you got to come now. 9, you got to move if it's you. 8, anyone in this room? Seven, somebody clap. They're coming right now. Come on. Six, you got to come. Five, come on, girl. Come on. Four, you got to come. Three, anybody else? Come on, there's more. Somebody shout to God. Somebody shout to God. One, let's give God a shout one more time. Hallelujah to the Lord. I'm so proud of you. I'm just so proud of you. If you're an altar worker, if you have a loved one at the altar, if I had a family member up here, I'd be knocking people over to get to them right now. People are already moving. I love this church. You want to come get with somebody? Go ahead. And as you come, my word, are you kidding? What a great church family. Don't counsel them. Just give them a, a tap on the shoulder or whatever. And uh, don't steal their wallet. Just tap them on the shoulder. Come stand with them, whatever. And uh, amen, 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 amen. Come on, take a big step toward me, which I'm not going to spit to the next time I see you. Come on in really close, just for a moment. Come on in close. Oh, come on. Come on in close. I'm not going to spit till the third service. Come on in close. Come on in close. Jesus, you're seconds away from Jesus never, uh, from, uh, from never being the same ever again. I want to lead you out of prayer. It's not just about a prayer, but a prayer is the entrance of inviting Christ into your heart. We invite him in and then we follow. So I'm going to ask those that came forward and those in their seats, can we all lift up our hands as an act of surrender to the Lord? And I want you to pray this prayer out loud after today. And I want to ask for everyone in the room that would to pray this prayer with us. Especially you that came forward. Don't just repeat the prayer. But believe it. It's a simple prayer to help anybody invite Jesus Christ to become their Savior. Hands are raised. Let's pray together. Here we go. Dear Jesus, I'm asking you right now to do what no one else can do. To come into my heart, forgive all my sin, and save my soul. I believe in my heart, and I confess with my mouth that you are the Son of God. You died on that cross, then rose up from the dead. I give you all my sin, but I give you more than my sin. I give you myself. I choose to now follow you. To deny myself, to take up my cross and follow you. Thank you, Jesus, for the gift of everlasting life. I don't need to be afraid to live because you'll always be with me now. I don't need to be afraid to die because heaven's now my eternal home. Thank you, Jesus, for the gift of salvation. I will never be the same again. Thank you, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Now somebody give a shout all over this house. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.